Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash Podcast. This week, we are doing a Magus tier list. So, way back in Time Spiral Block, there was a new cycle of creatures called the Magus Cycle. And all of these are essentially creature versions that are mimicking old, very, very old, classic, non-creature cards in Magic the Gathering. For example, there's a Magus of the Moat, which is essentially doing the same thing as a very old card called Moat, which is an enchantment. Or there's Magus of the Scroll, which is mimicking a old artifact called Scroll Rack, and so on and so on. So they're all very different, and they all fit in very different decks, but we thought it would be kind of cool to kind of just put them all in a tier list and see which ones is the best, which one's the most Magus of them all which ones uh are going to be good maybe some hidden gems amongst uh the magasai i don't know how you say the plural maguses maybe it's just magus maybe magus is plural i don't know but joining me for this grand debate is seth probably better known as saffron olive how's it going seth i am doing great domer how are you good to see you hopefully everyone had a happy new year's i'm i'm doing all right my voice is pretty shot uh i had a great new year's and Hence, my voice is pretty shot. I uh, <laughs> hope everybody had happy holidays as well. We all took a, we all had a little vacation as well, so we're all back in action today. And a little frazzled with no voices, uh, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. Good to go. <laughs> yeah. Seth, your sound, yeah. your sound, your voice sounds mighty I'm, chipper, but I'm doing all I, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a, a gravelly, uh, raspy voice in the background, and that's uh, the Asian Avenger, aka Krim. How's it going, Krim? Yo, uh, I also had a very fun Christmas and New Year's. As you can tell, I'm still congested. I was sick for almost all of it. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Fun. Well, I hope you had some time to relax and everything and hope uh, the fireworks didn't spook spook the boys too much. Uh, The corgi children. They definitely did. Uh, Give them extra hugs for me. (laughs) I'll do that. Yeah, sure. I'll do that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. And then also somewhat sick, but feeling better hopefully soon is the Phil A.K.A. Bruce Kitchen. Yep. How's it going? Also sick. Also spent uh, <laughs> New Year's in bed, but at least Cubecraft was live. So that's a silver lining, I guess. But I'm yes. feeling better. Like today is the first day I feel better. And it should be. I should be fine soon it's wild i was like sick three times last year and two times were both in december so man this (laughs) this has to change it's a bad Uh, bad month for phil yeah well i I know what would make you feel better phil and that's talking about all the maguses and magic gathering (laughs) and rating them in a tier list (laughs) but before we do that uh, subscribe Exactly. It's it's like chicken soup for the magic nerd. Yeah. Um, chicken noodle soup for the soul. Yes. Say. Yes. <laughs> Except these... Magus is the chicken noodle soup for the, the magic. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Magus is the chicken noodle soup. I need that. Anyway, uh, before we jump into all these sweet Maguses, a uh, quick reminder, you can support the channel a couple different ways. The first way is you can like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, and then the other way you can you can support the channel is you can head on over to our merch store, mtgoldfishmerch.com. You can buy deck boxes, deck sleeves, t-shirts, and so much more over at mtgoldfishmerch.com. All right, with that out of the way, 
Uh, there are 21 Maguses. There's actually one extra one, Magus of the Unseen, but it's not a reference to any uh, older card. It was actually the first Magus ever printed. And then way later in Time Spiral, they did they actually did Maguses as a reference to other ones. So we're ignoring that one. Ignoring that one, it's 21 Maguses. Some of them are doo-doo. We want to talk about the good ones, name. though. <laughs> yeah. It's unseen. It's it's that hidden bonus. I know if I didn't mention it, somebody in the comment section would be like, um, actually, it didn't cover all the magasins. I'm like, chill, all right? All right, we covered it. <laughs> Quick shout out. Uh, but but we, let's get all the, the, the bad ones out of the way. Seth, can you tell us a little about, about the ones that we ranked pretty low on the tier <laughs> ranking? They're all like Cs or Ds. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> As Tomer said, there's there's 21 Maguses that are part of this, like, mega cycle or whatever it is altogether. I think almost half of them, we have a consensus rank of either D or C. So we got three consensus Ds, which literally everyone gave Ds except there's one C thrown in, which is Magus of the Arena, Magus of the Bridge, and Magus of the Scroll. So uh, Magus of the Arena references the card Arena. It's a six drop, five, five, the pay three, and tap a creature, and that creature fights one of your opponent's creatures. Uh, that was a little bit, a little bit overcosted. Magus of the Bridge is a reference to Bridge from Below, which uh, Bridge from Below is a weird card because if one of your opponent's creatures leaves the battlefield, you got to exile it. So Magus of the Bridge has the same drawback. So it's a little hard to keep the three mana four four on the battlefield. When it's out though, if your non creatures die. You need to make a 2-2 black zombie creature token. And then Magus of the Scroll is a reference to Curse Scroll. It's a, actually one of the cheapest Magnuses. A one-drop one-one that you pay three, name a card, reveal a random card in your hand. If you reveal the named card, it deals two damage uh, to a creature player, so it shocks something. So those are the consensus Ds. Then we have a bunch of consensus Cs, which I think a couple of Bs, individual Bs, slipped in. But overall, everyone had these as Cs, which are Magus of the Abyss, of the Jar, of the disc, of the mind, of the mirror, and of the tabernacle. So these cards, uh, Magus of the Abyss, actually references the card The Abyss. Uh, it is a four drop, four three. Human Wizards, it says, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, you destroy target non-artifact creature that player controls of his or her choice can't be regenerated. One of the big drawbacks of this is it itself is not an artifact creature, so it would potentially have to destroy itself uh, on your upkeep if you didn't have anything else uh, to to destroy. Magus of the Disc, the Veneral's Disc, uh, comes into play tapped. You can pay one and sacrifice it to destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Uh, a little bit slow, a little bit slow. Magus of the Jar is Memory Jar. You can sacrifice it to temporary wheel away everyone's hand. Everyone exiles our hand and then draws a new seven, but it goes away at the end of turn. Magus of the Mind is Mind's Desire, uh, an infamous storm card, is six mana, four or five, you can pay one blue mana, sacrifice it, shuffle your library, then exile the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of spells you cast this turn, plus one, and then you get to cast those cards without paying its, uh, without paying their mana cost. Magus of the Mirror is, ooh, what is Magus of the Mirror? Gas. It's the one that exchanges <laughs> life totals. It's... Forget what it's called. Oh, that's a fill card. It's a fill card. It's a <laughs> mirror. Oh, what is it? Reference mirror. Uh, oh, What's that card? The one I want to say image, but it's Wait. not mirror gallery. No, no, no. It's like a super old, old reserve card that's yeah. ridiculously expensive at this point. But it's a six mana 
4-2 that you sacrifice in exchange life totals with target opponent. Only do that during your upkeep. And then Megas of the Universe, sorry. Mirror, Mirror Universe. universe. That is one. That is it. Hundreds of dollars worth of jank there because it's so old and on the reserve list. And then last one, Megas of the Tabernacle references Tabernacle of Pendrel Veil. Uh, it's a 4-drop 2-6 that says all creatures have, if it be in your upkeep, sack this creature unless you pay one. This one also has the drawback that it affects itself. So just having it on the battlefield, you have a one-man attacks each turn, plus whatever other creatures you have. So these are the ones that we pretty much all agreed were pretty bad. Uh, we wanted to spend our time talking about the ones that we were kind of excited about, but does anyone have any any quick notes on any of the, the bad quote-unquote Maguses before I move on to the ones that we ranked highly? Yeah, Megas I, the Mirror is gas. Uh, <laughs> that card, that, that mean, card is legitimately gas. I, I play that in my, life my deck. Switching deck. If you're playing a life switching deck, it's there's not many effects in Magic that can exchange life totals with your opponent. So if the goal of your deck is to exchange life totals, it's probably going to be in your deck, right? Like just by default, because uh, there's not many options. That yeah. and and also like anything where I'm paying a lot of life. Um, oh, mm-hmm. so so like I I played in my demons deck. Uh, where if I, I just like constantly hit myself, uh, then I just go ahead and play that. It, it itself is not a demon, unfortunately. But other than that, like, it is a very specific uh, Magus. But like I do, I do like it in the right archetypes where I'm paying a lot of life or yeah, life swap. My yeah. only criticism is that it's so telegraphed. Like if you could only if you could activate it like at sorcery speed, like if it wasn't just stuck to your upkeep. If you could do like if you could lower your life total. And then immediately crack the Magus. I think it would get so much better. But because it's to your upkeep, you have to like lose life and then wait until your upkeep oh. and then crack it. It's like yeah. highly telegraphed. It's still effective, but like uh, highly funky. telegraphed kind of describes Maguses as yeah. a whole, <laughs> like compared yeah. to the spell versions of them. Yeah. Like I think for me, uh, a Magus of the Mind is a yeah. a really clean example of kind of the issues that Maguses have when they don't work. Because if you read the card, Mind's Desire is six mana, and that's like one of the best storm cards. People love this card and its sorcery speed. But Magus of the Mind, in all the Maguses, they really gotta not be summoning sick to do their thing. So when you have to play Magus of the Mind and then wait a turn to storm off, it's so awkward. Like everyone sees it coming. They know like, oh, well, what are you gonna do next turn? You're obviously gonna try to cast a lot of spells and storm <laughs> off. So it's just so telegraphed. The other one I wanna mention, and this one I just hate the design of is Magus of the Bridge. Bridge from Below is busted because it works from your graveyard. That's a whole gimmick of Bridge from Below. If it's in your uh. graveyard, it does all the exact same things that Magus of the Bridge. Magus of the Bridge, though, has to stay in the battlefield. So it is the one card out of all 21 of the Maguses that doesn't exactly replicate the way that its non-creature version works. So just, like, the design of that one kind of bothers me because all the other ones are just exactly the same as their their non-creature counterparts. It's not even Uh, well-statted. It is yeah. compared to the other ones. It's not, no. I thought it was I thought it was like kind of okay, but I gave it a C. Not I mean like filler, but yeah, that's that's probably a D material there. I don't It's it's a little you'd risky. Have to combo it's pretty it. bad. <laughs> you have and to you combo gotta, with it, but then you have to yeah. combo with your opponent's creatures, and that's like uh <laughs> And you kind of got a combo uh, right away because if your opponent has a creature die, you have to exile it. <laughs> yeah, that's so. If your problem. opponent's playing a sack deck and they can just like, oh, I sack my carrion feeder, it just like 
for free exiles your magus. So you kind of got to be able to play it and immediately do your combo shenanigans before yeah. any of your opponent's stuff dies. It's only three mana, so yeah. maybe... I mean, I mean the bridge from below is, is three mana, right? So yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, but it has to be... In, it, it doesn't... You never cast it, right? That's the problem. And no. bridge from below yeah. exiles from your graveyard. And the fact that magus just exiles itself from the board after you spend mana... It's ah, it's so boring. Ah, shout out to Magus of the Mind, though. Like, it is very telegraphed, but that's probably the most fun of them all. And one mana activation is actually kind of cool if you want to storm off yeah. before, because mine's desire is six mana. I mean, yeah. this one is six mana on the <laughs> turn before, so this it's one? not good. But just play like three spells, so just some camp trips, and then activate mm-hmm. it and... Ooh, it could be anything on top of that library. <laughs> I do like how, like, compared to Mind's Desire, you have to, like, be storming off, and then you have to have six mana to actually cast Mind's Desire after getting a high storm count. That's so true. this one, you can invest early, and then the next turn, you're basically, you're saved up five mana, essentially, because you only have to spend one to, to activate it. So I could see in some situations in Storm, this might be interesting, but it is... Super telegraphed, and everybody's going to be on high alert. So you Ooh. just have to be mindful of that. I think that- mine, mine, the only one where it's like this one's actually kind of decent. Magus of the Tabernacle. It's five mana. It's a two six, and it gives all it gives all creatures at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifices creature unless you pay one. Like sure, you have to pay one for the creature itself, but. Assuming you're putting this in a deck like you would a, the normal tabernacle, where you basically just have this one creature on the battlefield, this one seems okay. Like I don't know if you're if you're a go wide deck, you're swearing at the Magus. <laughs> like it's probably pretty effective. Yeah, that probably sums up a lot of the Magus problems as well. Some of them just ask for you to get killed because they're so telegraphed, <laughs> and then you say, "Oh, next turn I'm gonna do this messed up thing." With the tabernacle, it's like. Yeah, I mean, you really gotta hope they don't pay for it, and it's good that it's a two six because everybody is gonna, everybody who's affected by this is trying to kill you, and everybody who's not affected by this doesn't care, and you're kind of sec- <laughs> affected by it yourself. I don't know. I get that it's kind of good, but you might be like, public enemy <laughs> from that point on. Look, I, I I I don't run this card, but I'm going to, and I'm gonna run it in a Zoria stack oh because it could do Magus. The pass turn, everybody pays mana to keep their creatures around. Then, bam, your turn, fade away. Boom. (laughs) Got him. Got him. Got him. (laughs) As if fade away needed to get even better somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It curves perfectly. It's like like combos with Dockside, combos with fade away. That's my new catchphrase. What Easy. what deck would you what deck would you put it in though, Tomer? Would you just throw it in a generic like Azuria stack, or would you actually be kind of like building around it like your hidden commander? Or you just start, like a Crim deck where you're not playing that many creatures. You're kind of yes. like a Lego deck, like some something like that. I think like a Crim deck where you don't play. Well, Crim actually it, plays a lot of like Crim started playing a lot more creatures. Yeah. yeah. Also, so, can't, if, we can't meme that too hard. Crim decks would not play this. <laughs> does it matter? Because like it doesn't have flash. Easily... It doesn't have flash. No, yeah. it, there's one on our list that I we I, I will get to later. This is just nowhere near useful. <laughs> 
All I, right, fair enough. <laughs> I I will say one thing I like about these cards is a lot of the originals are really expensive reserve list cards, like a Tabernacle, Abyss. Those are like hundreds or thousands of dollar cards. So it's kind of cool that these are 50 cent versions. They're not nearly as powerful, but you can kind of get these iconic effects into your deck without having to, you know, spend thousands of dollars or proxy or whatever. So I, I think the designs are really neat. The nostalgia of the designs, even the bad ones that we're talking about is not being very playable. I still think they're cool that they exist. They're just, they're cool cards. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to spend 45000 or 4500 for uh, a tabernacle. Yeah. Oh, that went uh, up. Sorry, I thought that was still 1500 <laughs> Whoops. Oh, still? Uh, that's Trump change these days. Yeah, my um, bad. My bad. But yeah, I totally agree. Like, like, yeah, these are slightly worse than the originals, obviously. In most cases. Slightly. Slightly a little bit. Some, a lot. Uh, some variation. <laughs> some some variance on here. Uh, but it is nice that if you really want this effect, you can actually uh, get it. Or you can just proxy. Proxying is free as well. But yeah. Um, yeah. But so those were the those were the bad cards. We, but we have some cards that we consider pretty okay. Um, so we're going to start things uh, with that. Uh, with Magus the Balance, take it away, Krim. Uh, oh, boy. W- what's this all about? So Magus the Balance is two mana. Uh, it's a 2-2 two, two, uh, white human wizard, and it costs four and a white. Sack Magus of the Balance. Each player chooses a number of lands. They control equal number of lands. Controlled by the player who controls the fewest and sacrifices the rest. Players discard cards and sack creatures the same way. So it's balance on a body. Uh, this is actually pretty like like passable like i think you could definitely uh uh get there right i mean it's fair enough to where i don't think anyone would be should be too upset it's five mana i mean i guess i don't know sacking of of what your 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 creatures and the lands whatever the lands is probably all people care about otherwise i don't i don't know i mean this is gonna get you killed i mean like that that's for sure like you will get hit (laughs) I mean, there's no hidden balance that's in your hand. You are playing this on the board like every Magus, but you will. Uh, but it's funny if you get to pull it off. I wonder, like, where where would you play this? I think ranking wise, we got B's across the board. Except I gave it a C, and the yeah. reason I gave it a C, even though I love balance as a as a card, is I just don't know what deck I would put it in. Like, what what deck could you actually? make this beneficial because the challenge of these cards is breaking the symmetry if you just like mm. play this willy-nilly you're gonna hurt yourself as much as you hurt everyone else what what deck can break the symmetry and actually make this beneficial rather than just like hi like chaotically mess with the table i i, I do think <coughs> that you can play this in a human deck um okay because you know like you, you'll be able to like get you'll you'll probably run the board right because you'll go wide enough so you don't care too much about the creatures i guess uh, or, or wait, actually, hold on. Who play? Who controls the fewest? Yeah, That's you're hard. just gonna so, wrath yourself. With this. Yeah, yeah, so you would yourself. end up wrathing yourself. Uh, LD, LD, stacks. <laughs> uh, well, there's a there's a wombo combo where you just cast the fairy's protection. You float. Ooh, or, ooh, oh no, 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 no! You can't do that. Sorry, it's an activated. Uh, it's gonna uh, yeah. be phased down already. Never you would mind. have to like. 
give Teferi's protection. Well, no, that would work, you wouldn't could it? do this in response, right? Do you activate yeah, this? Yeah, can you put the trigger the on the trigger? stack and then Teferi's protection to phase uh, yourself yes, out? Yes, so I think yes. that in combo would work. In yeah. response to activating, you hold priority and you cast Teferi's protection. Yeah. Wait, let me get yeah, this straight, though. That would mean everybody sacrifices everything? That, yes. That's disgusting. I believe <laughs> so, yeah. No, they, they just... They just uh, sa- uh, sacrifice lands of creatures. Yeah, yeah. All their lands. All their lands. Cards. <laughs> they don't get non-enchantments, not artifacts. But still, if you lose all your lands and all your creatures, you're kind of in really rough shape. <laughs> you might have mana rocks, though. You might have a Solring or something. I, I mean, know. mana rocks are one of the ways that you build around cards like balance traditionally. Like, if you can yeah, have right. very few lands and, like, uh, play a bunch of mana rocks, then you're not going to lose your mana when your opponents are theoretically losing their mana. So that's, like, one of the shenanigans. But that seems a little tougher to do when it costs five mana compared to two mana, like, original balance. Yeah, and also original balance is banned in Commander, so this is like the closest oh. we got. Yeah, that's and why. Right, I mean, so balance is balance is too mana. Yeah, this is too upfront, and then you need to wait until it loses summoning sickness, or you give it haste, and you have to pay another five. You know what? I, so, uh, I'm downvoting it to see. This is very balanced. Yeah, I'm I, actually, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty critical of the Commander ban list, but balance is a card that on 100 yeah. should be banned. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I rated really? it B. It's just <laughs> such a powerful effect that I I had to give it some credit. I, you could also say I rated it B for balance. But I feel like the effect is so brutal, and there's nothing like this legal in Commander. So I gotta, I gotta give it a B. If you really want to do this, <laughs> I mean, the Teferi's protection thing is probably gonna win you the game. If that that that's yeah. worth a B, right? You could just say that combo is C. But I'm I'm keeping it as a B just for the memes. Yeah. It could be very powerful, but it is very clunky in how you utilize it like it's never going to be a really good way to end the game but it'll be a funny way to do so i guess like at the end of the day like if you if you try to think like well i could just do this for cheaper i think that's almost yeah every every magus right so (laughs) yeah so yeah we're just gonna null that 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 argument right now yeah uh because yeah like i mean why don't you just play armageddon if you want to blow up the lance uh but yeah so you know what for what it does it's still pretty good but i do agree that it is kind of hard to find a home for it yeah Yeah. that's that's my concern you just run in a random deck and you probably hurt yourself just as much as you hurt the rest of the table so two c's and a b we're going to i the sheet says b so i'm just going to put it as b uh in the in our interactive tier list slot which is popping up in the video if you want to see that everybody was complaining that we don't have actual tier lists in the video well guess what it's there now um also quick quick uh note uh, on our rankings, because I forgot to mention that at the beginning, uh, we go from D to S plus now. Uh, D is uh, basically don't run it unless your jank theme requires it. C is average. It's like a mediocre filler card, or maybe it's a budget choice if you have a certain restriction uh, for deck building. B is only good in certain decks, so it's it could be good in a small percentage of decks or very strong in a particular archetype. We're actually redefining A. A is now really good overall, so it's good in a large percentage of decks. Like most archetypes are going to benefit from this card. Uh, but also, if the card is like the best, like one of the best uh, staples in a very specific archetype, then we're going to also say it's A as well. So it's either really good in a lot of decks or it's exceptionally good, like 
one of the best of the best cards you could ever run in a very specific archetype. We're going to put that at A now. And then S is going to be, it's literally just amazing on auto include in any, any deck. Any deck will benefit from it, uh, and you basically will power down your deck by not running it. You make a conscious choice not to run it to lower down your, your thing. Um, so that's that's your new ranking, by the way. Uh, but we'll move on uh, to the a Blue Magus. Uh, so, Phil, take it away. Yeah. What we got here? Uh, blue one. I, I, it's the Magus of the Bazaar. I don't know. That's uh, not on my list, though. Wait, wait. Oh, this one. Oh, here. Oh, we're okay. just going down there. We're just going down. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Magus yeah. of the Bazaar. Uh, it's Bazaar of Baghdad, right? The land. Mm -hmm. uh, so the land doesn't do anything besides uh, pretty much what this thing does. But let me see what it costs. It's whew, five mana. That's a bit more than a land. Five mana, three, three. Tap and sacrifice it. Uh, whoa, 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 oh no. wait, no, no, no it's the wrong uh, one. No, 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 I, I clicked the wrong one. Sorry, I was bamboozled here. <laughs> oh, oh, two oh, mana. Yeah. That's way better. Yeah. Still though, uh, tap, draw two cards, then discard three cards. That's actually pretty good if you want cards in your graveyard. And it filters through your hand. Um, I think I rated it B, right? Uh, Bazaar, you gave yeah. it a B, we Seth all gave it a B. C. Yeah. Uh, so so if Seth, Seth was more me. down on it. <laughs> it's it's, it's a, a trap. It's one, a trap. No, ahead. it's but, not. Well, I mean, it's a, it's just, okay, so Merfolk Looter is is d draw one, discard one, right? And this is draw two, discard the, three. That's like ten well, times. You, that's like a double looter. It, but it's that's like anti-card advantage. You're ending up with less cards in hand Every time you activate it. <laughs> what if you're a reanimator deck and you want stuff in the graveyard? Don't, in, don't in, do it. I have, I've tried this in cube with actual Bizarre Baghdad many times. I always get yeah. this bright idea that, oh, this is going to work in my deck. I'm reanimating things. That's great. And then I play it and it is, oh my God, it's so bad. I think <laughs> you really have to be a deck that specifically cares about discarding cards. If you're like Toros, I think is like the Esper commander from Streets of New Capenna that like when you discard a card, it exiles it. Then when it dies, you get the cards. If you're something like that, I can see an argument for this, but I think playing it in like Reanimator is actually just a trap and not not going to work out the way that you want it to. I played it in my, my Sidisi deck, my Saltai Reanimator deck. It was pretty good. Uh, I loved it, yeah. And then I also, I love this in my Anala, my Grixis Wizards deck. So, like, I mean, before I broke that deck apart because it's too broken. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like, this just being a wizard is nice. It comes down at a good cost. It's still only two mana. And I it's not like I have to blow it up to, like, keep using it. So, I really like it. Uh, I, I've enjoyed this in my Wizards deck quite a bit. I mean, granted that wizards love having stuff in the graveyard because I can use it again. Uh, there, there's lots of value to be had with Magus of the Bazaar. But it is a very specific kind of good. Hmm. Maybe I'm maybe I'm underrating it. Maybe maybe I should maybe I I'll mean, have I, to try it again. I gotta give you that if you it is pretty brutal card <clears throat> disadvantage. Like you really have to get a lot of value out of your graveyard. Maybe if it's just like not even madness, but really like my cards have flashback or something because, yeah, you can't really activate this with one card in hand, for example. I mean, you mm, can, yeah, but then yeah. you gotta make sure that you want cards in your graveyard. I like if you, you can't even do it with two cards in hand, really, because then you're gonna. I mean, are you gonna end up? Well, I guess you'd end up with you what, one up card with left one. over. 
Well, that's uh, brutal as well. Yeah, so but brutal. I think that's, I mean, Bizarre Bakhtar no. is a card, Wait. right? And it's not bad. Yeah. If, if, you, if you have this with two cards, you, you're down to zero cards. With two, Wait, you draw two, you go up to four, yeah, then you discard three. Yeah, you draw two, three. discard three. Oh, so yeah, you go, right, right. You yeah, to... yeah, you're right, right. Yeah. But still, like, oh boy. I don't. I, uh, what I, deck do you play it in? I I actually ran it in in my Thraxum under zombie decks like a decade ago, and I also kind of found it a little bit lackluster. Like I kind of wanted a Merfolk looter over over this because it does. I think the main issue with it is that if you want to play a grindier game and you want to like have incremental card advantage and like grind out the opponents with like multiple spells, uh, then this is going to work against you. Uh, but if you want to just get as many cards into your graveyard as efficiently as possible, this card is a two mana. Its activation costs no mana. It's it's like a good it's it's good at what it's doing. I think it's actually good at what it's doing. But you have to have like it's very particular the style of deck that you want it in. Like if I want to yeah. play like a ten, if I want to play like a fifteen turn game or something like that, I don't like this too much, and I prefer a Merfolk Looter. If that makes sense, like losing a card each time you activate kind of sucks. Yeah, you so, yeah, like it is a specific good, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. do want it in a very specific deck. Yeah, but, but in that deck, it does well. Like I like the decks that I liked it in. I really liked it. What's the is it commander that draws you cards when you discard for the first time each turn? Ooh, oh, yeah. Real? Real. oh yeah, oh yeah, real, yeah. And in this one, it's got to be. One of the craziest yeah. engines. Yeah, and uh, actually, so curves perfectly because it's yeah. two yeah. into three. Oh, yes, I can see playing it there. I think like traditionally in sixty card formats, you play bizarre and like dredge. So mm. if you're in dredge, all it does not care about its hand. All it cares about is getting as many cards in the graveyard as possible. So if you're playing a deck that's like that in commander somehow, probably not literal dredge because I don't think I've ever seen a dredge commander deck. But if you're playing a deck where you really don't care about your hand and you just care about getting cards in the graveyard as quickly as possible, then it's probably in the conversation. Yeah, I agree. It's it's something that I forgot about, and I, I definitely want to keep my eyes on this card on the radar. Uh, but with three Bs and one C, we can solidly put Magus of the Barzar in the B range. Boop. Here we go. Uh, uh, all right. And then um, I guess I'll go with Magus of the Candelabra, which is based on... Condalabra of Tanas, I believe. It's an artifact. Mm-hmm. And this one does the exact same thing. It's a one green, one two human wizard, and it has X tap it, untap X target lands. The Condalabra, I believe, is like one mana artifact and does the exact same thing. So this one has summoning sickness, but it is a green creature. So there might be a little bit additional synergies there, creature synergies in green. And it's very effective when you have ways of generating more than one mana per land. Like if you have uh, Anissa who shakes the world and your forests are tapping for two mana, or two two or three, I don't remember how much she does. Two. I think it's just double. It's two. Yeah, just double. I remember. Uh, so if you have like that, you can like tap your mana for, if you have four forests, you can tap them uh, for eight mana, spend four of that mana, untap them with the Magus, and then make an additional eight. So you're up uh, an additional uh, four mana that way. That's that's pretty solid. Uh, you can do the same thing if you have like uh, Islands and High Tide and stuff like that. Or you have like Mirari's Wake or something Gaia's like that. Gaia's Cradles so, also. 
pretty good. It's also very good with like bounce lands and stuff. Gaia's, yeah, if you have like any particular land that has for a lot of mana, like Nykthos, Gaia's Cradle, uh, Cabal Coffers or something like that, Magus, uh, the, the stonks goes up for that. And we all gave it. Uh, everybody bees except for Crim C. I mean, I, is this because I, it's a creature crim? No, it's a green creature. Is it because it's no. green crim? No, 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 no. Okay, well, actually, uh, it because it's green, it's actually held back because I feel like there's better ways to go about this. But I know I said I'd make that argument, no, but like, wow, this card is still just aggressively okay. <laughs> I I feel like it's uh, just okay. Yeah. Right? Like, you, Welcome you need to the Magus's latest. Yeah. You need a you need a specific. I, I feel like to Grim's point, if you're trying to untap Nykthos or something, I think there's just better ways of doing that. I think yeah. where this shines is like kind of the cards you said, like Nissa that doubles the mana of all your lands, Mirari's Wake, uh, Zendikar Resurgent, Nyx Bloom Ancient, anything that's like making your lands tap for two or three mana, and you want to be able to untap all of your lands, this does get the job done pretty well in that, that very narrow context. But I think that's the only place I would consider playing this. Like, I got to be a deck that's kind of built around doubling my mana and um, or making my lands tap for twice as much mana then i think this is good otherwise it doesn't do anything right like if your lands are only tapping for one mana it literally does nothing <laughs> like you tap all your lands and you untap all your lands and that's that you're at the same point that you started <laughs> yeah like like in that exact situation yeah sure that card is great you have guys cradle you know things like that but i think the effect overall is just okay <laughs> otherwise yeah. right because you yeah. know like uh, doesn't do anything by itself that's for sure like it yeah. literally just just hangs out until you have a double you have something that taps for more than one mana i was i was looking at edh rack the one deck where this is a staple that i always forget about is a uh, nikea of the old ways Ooh, yeah. which is a commander oh, yeah. that literally doubles your mana but you can't cast non-creature spells so oh, in that really? deck this is like I think really perfect. That's the exact kind of deck that you'd be looking for for a card play like that, this. And you play what's the tree from from uh, Theros Beyond Death? Nyx Bloom Ancient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Then you like triple your mana. So like, yeah, like like there, there's good uses in that deck. Mm-hmm. It's probably cute in Ashaya too, because Ashaya turns all your creatures into <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> into yeah. lands. So then you can untap uh, your creatures. So there might be some shenanigans mm, there. It's probably the same deck. Right, like I feel, yeah. I feel like this is just like a we're building a fill deck, right? Now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we put in the and Shia, then we cast a Blade <laughs> What's the one where like creatures die, they become forests? We throw that in there, like it's good times. <laughs> Phil, you're you're a fan of this, I, I, I assume. Right? I died to that. Like I've seen it pop off. That's why I had to give it a B. Uh, mm. Obviously, it just works with. Uh, lands that tap for more than one mana but you're not gonna put it in a deck without them so once you play it and it's at the right place it will do a lot of work and it's a one drop Mm -hmm. that is probably the best part about it it's like you don't lose out on much if your commander does count yeah it's it's nice cost okay well so we got three b's we got one c it's an easy uh b-ish uh, for us, we'll throw it on the tier list. Boop. All right, we'll move Ooh. on. Seth, here's uh, a card that I know you're high on. Uh, I take it away. This this actually 
is one of my like top two or three Meguses, and I think one of the ones that I've played the most, and that is Megus of the Coffers, which is literally Cabal Coffers, except it's on a five mana, four, four human wizard body. So you pay two mana and tap it, and you make a black mana for each swamp you control. So any of the shenanigans that you see with Cabal Coffers, you play an Urborg, so all your lands are swamps, or playing in a mono black deck, Megus of the Coffers does the same thing. It's one of those uh, black ram spells that doesn't do anything in the early game, but in the late game can create an incredible amount of mana. And I really like those spells in black. I like mana doublers and that style of effect. And while this isn't technically a mana doubler in the traditional sense, like a Mirari's Wake, a lot of times it plays the same way. So this is one of the Maguses that I probably play the most. For me, if I'm playing mono black, I'm considering this card. I don't play it 100% of the time, but I'm at least considering it. And if I'm playing some sort of land deck with Urborg, where I'm tutoring up a lot of lands and can easily find Urborg, then it might be in the conversation there too. So uh, ranking wise, I gave it an A, Krim gave it an A, Tomer gave it a B, and then Phil coming in at the bottom Ooh. with a C. So I'm, I'm curious, <laughs> What is uh, what is the issue with this card? We know that Cabal Coffers is one of the best black cards in Commander. Is it just that it's five mana and it has to not be summoning sick? Yeah. Like, is is it the traditional Magus issues that keep it's it from the being Magus an issue? For, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, like again, like that's just one of those things, right? Where it's like I, I think grading the Maguses, they're all kind of actually bad. Most of them are <laughs> kind of bad, right? No. They're kind. I don't think this are, one's bad. No, I, I don't think this one's bad. But like, it is a lot of mana, right? To then hope that it lives and then tap. But I, I, I voted this at an A, so I like this one. Like, <laughs> but I'm willing to admit that I am grading this against the other Maguses and things like that. And like, the effect is nice, right? You want the effect. It, 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 almost any black deck can play Urborg, so why not yeah. have a second copy? No, I mean, of, that, of, of would you play a five mana four four that taps for four mana? Yes. Okay. Well, no. I mean, hopefully it's Did tapping you? for like ten mana or something. Sure. Right. <laughs> In the late game, yeah, but I have never seen this card before. And then when I rated these, I thought like, well, if you play it out, it's probably like maybe it taps for five, which is also good, but it feels so. Maybe I'm a little spoiled because I play a lot of green, but that seems like such a <laughs> clunky way it's to the honest do magic, Phil. So I mean, yeah, yeah, the other colors have to, to work for their mana. Yeah, yeah. the land yeah. coffers is on a land, yeah. and you also have that Urbok every time, so it taps itself as well. I don't know. It seems a little clunky. Maybe I would have to give it a try. But also, if I play mono black, it's usually sacrificed base. I don't know. Oh, I don't I know. Mean, <laughs> I might have. It's to nice try that it. it. It's nice that it stacks with coffers. Like you can have both of them right. going at the same time mm -hmm. and making lots of mana. So it's definitely worse than coffers. But that's true of literally every Magus. I think is yeah. worse than its original version. But I think it's good enough like even a, a powered down creature coffers for me is still good enough to play in mono black outside of mono black. That's when it's, you can't really make it an S, I don't think, just because it really is limited to mono black decks for the most part. I mean, if you're playing, if you would play Coffers, I think I, there's a discussion mm -hmm. to play this, right? Like, there's always a discussion to play this. That's why I like it. I think it's pretty strong of the Maguses. Uh, and yeah, like, you know, people oftentimes blow up your Coffers instead of your Urborg. So, uh, which is kind of wild. So, uh, yeah. I will gladly let them do that if I can, you know, or if someone else has an Urborg, 
uh, the, and in place of you, it's nice. I, I don't know. I mean, again, this is just good anywhere you would play a coffers. Yeah. I I have uh, one criticism, though, where I see a lot of people, I'm not naming names, obviously, <laughs> that will run, like, an Urborg and then, like, no swamps. And they'll, they, they will pray to the gods to find that Urborg <laughs> so that their coffers will work. And then also then pray to the gods that nobody affects, nobody destroys that that said Urborg. I feel like that's kind of like, I remember there was a criticism I got recently, or a while back, when I was saying, like, I, I really like Chromatic Lantern because it makes me not have to think about my lands tapping. And then Richard's like, well, if you're, if either your land base should be consistent without Chromatic Lantern, and then your Chromatic Lantern does nothing, or you're all in on Chromatic Lantern, and then you're vulnerable to getting blown out. And I think that kind of applies to the Urborg Coffers combo. I think, like, if you're just, like, a deck that has, like, some amount of swamps, but, like, 10 or something, and then you're just trying to find Urborg and then trying to find Coffers, like, assembling a two-card combo in your deck and then hoping nobody messes with it, I mean, sure, it's gonna ha- it's gonna work. And I know people have a little bit of a taboo against blowing up lands, but, like, I don't think that should work. <laughs> I don't think, like, if I have a generous grift, I'm blowing up your Urborg, you know? Like, I'm, I'm getting rid of that thing. And then sometimes you just have a coffers and it doesn't tap for anything because your Urborg is somewhere in the deck and you can't find it. Yeah, but your your coffers, once Urborg's blown up, can't hit for four. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. That's true. The, yeah. This is a five mana four four and I am swinging. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know you play aggro Zelvalor, so I wouldn't put it against uh, past you to start beating down the four fours. <laughs> <laughs> I I have definitely been in that position with coffers, uh, where where it just isn't making mana, or you top deck it and you don't have enough swamps. But I forget about those games really quickly. Those bad, <laughs> those bad games where it doesn't work. Whatever, I was gonna die anyway. But those games where coffers like makes thirty mana and you do something insane, it, it totally makes it worth those those bad games for me. That's fair. This deck has a hundred percent win rate if you ignore the losses. <laughs> so it is like, it I, is sweet when it comes together. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I have a Tashiro deck that's mono black and it's focused on Cabal Coffers effects because I have X spells to finish the game, Exanguinate and Torment of Hellfire, and I run Cabal Coffers. I run Cabal Stronghold because I'm running like twenty four swamps and stuff. Uh, I'm running Magus of the Coffers. I'm running Cage Sun. I would say this is probably the weakest of the bunch. Like. If you compare it to Cage Sun, I like Cage Sun a little bit more because uh, it yields more mana. It costs one more mana because it's a six drop artifact, but it stays on the board longer. Um, this one's still very good though. And I also like Nirkana Revenant a little bit more too. It's a black creature, six drop, and it just says all your swamps tap for double. Um, and it's a four four, and it can it's a shade, so you can spend all that black mana into itself. I think those are a little bit better once you, between like five and six mana. It's like eh, whatever. But yet, despite that, at no point would I consider cutting Cabal Coffers from my mono black deck. Like, just being able to, if you're in a deck that is focused on ramping out swamps and then doubling that mana and then using that to cast giant spells, then you want all of these effects. And in a slightly worse Cabal Coffers, it's still a good, it's still a very good effect that's highly desirable in that deck. So I think, I think Coffers is very, very good if you, if you have like a, a, a black ramp deck. Or even yeah. a two-color deck, like Seth says. Like if you if you're a two-color deck and you can like if you're especially like Golgari and you have like a lot of ways of finding the Urborg, I'm gonna jam this. This seems fun. And then yeah, if if your Urborg gets defeated or it's destroyed, you got you got a four-four. 
Yeah. You equip yeah. uh, Dowsing Dagger on Time that. Time to go aggro, yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> it's a beefy boy. <laughs> um, well, so the ratings were all over the place, but the group average is a B. So we're going to throw it in the B section and move on to... Oh, we go down <sighs> quite a while, right? Yeah. yeah. Or wait, no, we have we have some decisions over here. Mag- Should we talk about Magus the Library? What's going on there? Oh, yeah. I think that, we, that, we might have skipped one, one, too. I like, actually. I mean, I thought we had Magus of the Future. Yeah, Magus of the Future. Oh, yeah. Technically about next the on the list. But. Uh, uh, Krim. Magus Hi. Magus of the Future. Oh. Okay. Well, Magus of the Future, uh card I actually also play. Uh, two and triple blue. It's a human wizard. Play at the top of your library revealed. And then you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. And it's a 2-3. So it's a future site. Uh, and it is a card I love oh so much from Onslaught. Uh, and uh, yeah, like this card is kind of a on a body. I just like it because it has wizards. So I, that's why I have it rated at B, just because I played it on a wizard deck. And it, why not play it and have it synergize with all my other wizards while getting the benefits of a future site? Although I'm starting to realize future site effects are starting to get a lot cheaper and a lot like easier to like, you know, a lot more resilient than a 2-3 Magus. But again, whatever, the Magus comp- uh, problem continues. However, it is a nice, it's just a solid wizard creature and it's not nice in any mono blue deck. I like it in like, you know, because like Future Sight is just good enough to play, <laughs> I think, in a mono blue deck. It is heavy on the blue though, so you really do need the blue. I mean, upside with Nykthos, having all those blue mana symbols. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that uh, this... Oh, go ahead, Tomer, sorry. I just wanted to say the rating. Uh, B is from me and Krim, and C is from Phil and Seth. Yeah, so so my thinking on this card is... It's cool as a backup version of Future Sight, especially if you're trying to do Future Sight combos. If you're trying to, like, oh, I'm infinitely Sensei's Divining Topping is probably the most common combo. But if you're trying to combo around an effect like this, I think I would play this just as a backup version of Future Sight to support my combo. But playing it for value, outside of Wizards where you get the Tribal Synergy... I wonder if it's necessary anymore, just because it seems like Wizards has really been hitting the button on these, like, play off the top of your deck effects. It seems like every set we're getting a new one. So just recently, we got, like, one with the multiverse. We got Reality Chip not that long ago on top of actual Future Sight. And I think I'm forgetting about probably another one that does something similar that was printed not too long ago. So there's so many of these effects now. I wonder, do you do you mm. need to go all the way down to Megas of the Future unless you're trying to combo? All the mm. way down? <laughs> all the way down not that far down <laughs> you got you got me Seth I put it down to see oh, I wasn't I trying think... to, to ruin your love of Megas of the future now I feel I just a little like, bad I really like the art it's very nostalgic to me I look at it and I'm like ooh there's like the freaky staircase in the background it's all like weird and time spirally to me but when you mentioned the reality chip I think that's probably the best uh, uh, comparison where reality chip is a future site but it's a little bit better because you uh, the 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 mana value, the mana cost for it is a little bit chopped up. So you can pay it for you can play it as a two drop, and then re- you can reconfigure, you can equip it, you can attach it to a creature control for three mana. Um, and not only is that cheaper, like to start getting that future side effect, 
Uh, once it's attached, you can play lands and cast spells on the top of your library, just like the Magus. Uh, but it also kind of protects itself from removal, yeah. like a board wipe. Like if, if somebody wipes the board, then the creature it's attached to dies. But then the reality chip, since it was not a creature during that time, it just stays on the battlefield as a creature. So it's kind of, it's just a jellyfish. That's kind of neat. That's, <laughs> I don't know. Is that does that mean like we just don't need like if we have we don't really want multiples of these in your deck, right? Like if you have two future sets on the battlefield, it does nothing for you, right? So yeah, maybe there's just we just have too many future sites now, and this and then not as good anymore. Uh, and then if you get a lot of mana, one with the multiverse is just so flashy yeah. and splashy because you get one free spell each turn, so it's like omniscience. Splashy. It's like omniscience mixed with a future site. So I don't know. For me, this is a card that like ten years ago. I think I played it more because there just weren't as many options. But now I, it's hard for me to imagine putting in a deck at this point just because I'll play reality chip or whatever instead. I am Aww. perpetually in 2013. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> it's a perfect Grim card. It is a wizard. Like if you're in wizard yeah. tribal. Like, or humans. You get the human synergies. Or, sure. or if you're just really all in on trying to combo. If you're, if you're like, I want as many future sites as possible because I'm trying to go yeah. infinite with them. Then you might as well play as many as you can, including this one. Because it's not yeah, a bad yeah. card. It's just like a little bit behind some of the the power crap newer versions, maybe. Well, uh, with the the change in ranks, uh, we got triple C Ooh. and one B. Ooh, down to so a we're C. Putting, we're putting <laughs> that Magus of the future down in the C. Still committed. Range. <laughs> <laughs> the B is noted. It's uh, C+. Plus. Um, all right, we'll move on to another one that has a lot of uh, controversy, uh, a lot of different choices here. Phil, what's next for us? A certain library. Yeah, that's Magus of the Library. It's a two mana. First of all, it's a not two library of Alexandria. Two mana and has the same text box as library. Adds one mana if you tap it and tap draw a card. Play this ability only if you have exactly seven cards in your hand. Uh, we have seen this one go off on Commander Clash, haven't we? I, th I feel like we saw this, and after it drew, drew like two or three cards, we said like, wait, is this like, actually good? And I might actually try to play it next week. Now that I saw this and I built a deck today and I thought, this might actually not be too bad. Like if you... In Commander, you draw a card on your first turn. So if you play a mana dog on turn two, you are pretty likely to draw a card with this. And then you, just over the course of the game, sometimes you might snag a card out of it. Like, I get that it's not as good as the library itself. But in at the end of the day, it is a mana dog, which is good in the early game. And then it is maybe card i don't know i like it i want to try it out and see if it like if it draws you two cards it's good right oh yeah it doesn't take much <laughs> well you gave I... it a b seth gave it an a and then c and uh for me and Graham, Ooh, we're more well, down it, on it this yeah, is i mean yeah. uh, this is another one that I like to play. This is one of those cards that I play it and it always overperforms. Yeah. And then I forget about it and I don't put it in a deck for the next six <laughs> months. And then I remember it and play it again. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this card's really good. And then I forget about it for six months. But uh, I mean, a two mana mana dork, I know it's not exciting, especially costing double green, 
But it's not bad. It's not like a two-mana mana dork is horrible. And then you get the upside, like Phil said, you don't got to draw that many cards with it for it to be worth it. If you draw one card and have a two-mana mana dork, that's fine. And if you ever get two or three cards and you still have the mana dork, then that's a lot of value for two mana. So I, I feel like this is a bit of a, like a, a sleeper card that people should, including myself, I guess, should <laughs> actually remember and play more often in their decks. They no. <laughs> People okay. get caught up on the like needing to have seven cards in hand. I'm not even it, talking about that. If you play that. it right, it's not actually that hard to to have seven cards in your hand at least a couple times. First off, we know mono uh, green decks can draw, outdraw any deck now. So the, the point is That's that fair. I'm not concerned about the back half anymore. <laughs> it is still just at its very base a green green at a colorless. <laughs> That's sure. that's true. Adding colors. Oh, I mean, on. so if, it's, it's, if the, the issue is green doesn't need it anymore because it has so much good card draw, that's that's fair. I, I will I will give you that. Maybe your green decks just draw so many cards now that you don't need to play a slightly bad mana dork for the chance of drawing a couple cards. That's that's legitimate criticism. So what it's I like, <laughs> is like like bad like mid versions of like everything that green already does well. <laughs> So, like, it already has so many cheap one-drop mana dorks. Um, and on top of that, like, unless it's, like, Rafellos or something like that. But then, okay, green, green, get, get hit me with the Rafellos. But, eh. I, eh. I think it's it's more, for me, I feel I'm I'm worried because I, I haven't played this in God knows how long. But I do remember there was one game, I think it was Jawreel or something, that it actually popped off. I think... In the situations where you happen to have seven cards in hand, you have this on the battlefield, this card is gas. Like, it's it's drawing you an extra card each turn, and then you, if you don't need that uh, extra card, you can tap it for mana. For two mana, that's for a two drop, that's amazing. However, I just don't think there's going to be that many situations where, like, this is on the board and you have exactly seven cards in hand. And then even worse, where now you, you, you have to play... You have to either choose to play uh, optimally and like start playing cards in your hand, or suboptimally to make sure you stay in that seven card range. And I feel like that might become a trap to a lot of people, where you're like, "Oh, I need to maximize the card draw out of this card, and now I'm not going to play spells that I should be playing." Maybe I don't know. I feel like ah, like if you play this turn two and you didn't ramp or anything else, and then yeah, it's good. I guess, but if you like draw this like a turn late or something, then you're like, oh, I have five cards in hand. What am I going to do? Not cast spells for two more turns or try to draw some cards somehow to activate? I don't know. It's, 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 it is aggressively funky. average, right? Like it is so average. Yeah. That's why it's a It's C. not a good mana rock. It's not It's not yeah. a good mana dark. Like a Llanowar Elf is superior, right? It's a one drop and it taps for green. A Birds of Paradise taps for any color. It's a one drop. For two mana, if you want a mana dork that's two mana, it's got to do something special. <laughs> And this one like draw a card every turn. Like yeah, that is special. But like, (laughs) how many times are you going? It's so awkward how you draw the card. That's 
For someone who Ooh. loves drawing cards and loves making mana, you always hate on cards that do both. It's like Hedron Archive, <laughs> the mana dork version. Oh we're we're having the same the same conversation. Uh, no, this is like <laughs> Infernal Idol. Like yes, Hedron Archive's garbage, Infernal oh Idol's garbage, and this card's garbage too. It's just if it's Ooh. bad at both Ooh. things, is it a good card? Not I, always. I will say that your point of people playing suboptimally to make this work, that is, I think, actually a good one. And I think maybe I'm a little bit biased because I've drafted cubes so many times and Library of Alexandria is a card that once you play with a while, you kind of get used to the pacing of like how to always have seven cards in hand. So you're drawing an extra card with it every turn. But if you're not used to that, I could see this going very wrong. Like you're right. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm not going to play my impactful thing this turn because I need one more card to start drawing cards. The way I'm looking at it, though, is like, you, you play it, you draw a couple cards, and then it's a mana dork, and that's that's a win. But maybe that's just not enough in 2023. Okay, maybe so maybe that's 2015 thinking. What if your commander costs three mana, so you play this, and next turn you don't need to worry about casting a card for your hand because your commander costs three yeah. mana. And you drew and a card you draw on a card. your first turn. I feel like there's a lot of like more situations than you would expect where you play the of course all of these situations uh involve playing it on turn two i am <laughs> aware of this but not greatly i want to try this one out like, this one is the one from the list and actually there were two from this list that i will try the other one is a bit more scary though this one just sits on the board and maybe people will say like oh this is better than i thought and if not at least you're not a threat yeah. which is like some of it's these weaknesses are brutal. It's definitely not super threatening, which I think might be good. And maybe it's good that, like, you know, instead of developing your board, you're just incrementally drawing cards because you'll draw less threat off you. But I, I think it really depends on the deck. Like, I think Phil's that's a very correct assessment is like if you have a three drop commander that you know you're going to be casting on turn three very consistently. And you don't have a lot of turn one ramp, but you really should be having turn one ramp here in green. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. um, but like, uh, there's, there's there's things involved, and also Joriel is it's a fantastic deck because uh, her entire shtick is being cantrip dot deck because you want to make your Panthers at instant speed. So being able to draw a second card on your first on your main phase or whatever. That's really good. It makes Panther, and you're always going to be sticking in that seven-card range, even if you're casting spells as you should be doing. So there, there is a home for it. Uh, I don't know if it's generically good, but yeah, I think it is something worth uh, attention. Um, but yeah, that one, that one is an interesting one. I actually was like pretty negative on that card. And now I'm walking away. I'm thinking maybe it's B-ish. Maybe. Just try it. It's so try average. It. It'll win you it's over. so average. It's, it's so average. It's so colorless. It's double green. It's so close. <laughs> ah, it's, you know what? I'm keeping at C, but regardless, uh, <laughs> B-A and double C, the, the sheets, the, the mighty Excel sheet is telling me that's a B. So into the B range it goes, BB. Um, and then we will move on. Do we talk about the mirror? Krim, you're high on the mirror, so I think you want. I mean, oh no, we talked about that. We in talked the, to the mirror already. Yeah, we, we talked, talked about the mirror. mirror already. We'll move on to like arguably one of the strong or one of the mo the maguses we think is the best of the best. Yeah, and that is I don't know who's talking about, but I know Krim, you're really excited about it. So we'll just say it's on you. I think. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, Magus of the most. Uh, I I love I love me some uh, some Magus of the most. It's too white white. Human wizard, zero three <laughs> creatures without flying can't attack. 
this is why why would I play Magus of the Tabernacle when I could just make your creatures not hit me at all like this this is the card right I play this in so many decks I played in my OGTI deck I played in my Super Friends deck <laughs> it's just it's so awesome having a mode effect on a body it's also fair people can't be too upset because like hey there's if you have removal or a board wipe actually that people are upset about things that it, even if it's a creature but it doesn't matter the point is it's so easy it doesn't hit you it's a zero three oh, it literally cannot play. kill you it cannot kill you and it's just solid at shutting down a board uh and it's also great in your flyers deck too so i can see me playing this like this is arguably one of the best modes uh i mean uh, uh magus is for me because i feel like i could play this in a good variety of decks that i love at least but it i mean if you if you don't plan on attacking it's good too. in any deck right like or it's good in any like pillow 40 deck yeah. And then it's, like, ridiculously strong in flying decks, I think. Yeah. That's why I gave it an A. Krim, you gave it an S, so you're, like, super high on this. And then B is from Seth and Phil, so, like, we're all pretty pretty up on, on the moat. Yeah. Nice. I think I think for me it's really good in decks that specifically care about having a bunch of flyers. That's where, that's where I'm mostly super interested friends. in it. And we keep it. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, if you're just not playing creatures and don't care about attacking and you're winning with non-creatures, then it's also pretty good in those situations. But for me, it's like, and we have a lot of these Alkangi, Zinnias, Asperia. There's a, a lot of these Flying Matters uh, commanders that really incentivize you to have exclusively or very close to you exclusively flyers as your only creatures. And those taxes cards great like it's not hurting you at all your creatures are still doing their thing but most people aren't going to be able to attack you with their creatures on the other hand i mean you can't just run it in most decks right because <laughs> you're going to keep yourself from being able to attack yeah i mean this is a this is it shouldn't just be an s for phil phil hates attacking. yeah i, I just <laughs> thought about true. this it should Perfect. be a, yeah i i just don't play mode and I kind of feel about the same about the Magus version. It would be the best, like it would be a card I really want to play, but I feel like it's just unfun to just moat. <laughs> I, I I prefer I like propaganda effects a lot actually, but I feel like moat and also Magus of the mode is a little. Where is Phil's line? <laughs> I don't know where the line is. Yeah, it really does. I, I, I didn't even think about I don't like that. this, yeah. but I want to triple copy Portal to Phyrexian. Yeah, so when you just mentioned that, like, oh, it's, it stops yourself from attacking, I thought, like, oh, yeah, you could you could attack yourself. I didn't even think about this. I Yeah, I, I never plan on attacking, but this just feels like you, uh, it's a little not too much fun. It is One of the... Uh, one of the nice things though is it's a creature, so it dies. So you can always sure. use the like, eh, you should have played removal. Like literal mode yes. is much harder to kill. Uh, and I think it is kind of a feel bad. But this one, like, if you can't deal with a zero three, what are you what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? If, you well, what, if this is the card that keeps you from being able to attack the whole game. But Dranath Magistrate. <laughs> yeah, I, I, keep, I keep saying that every single time Hold I on, but turn to Dranath. Dranath Magistrate is aggro, okay? It has one power. This is that's true. This one gets yeah, this one this one this can't attack. Not, yeah, yeah, this one it literally can't attack. The power. It doesn't matter actually. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you equip it. This is the with, most with, fair of magic. <laughs> Um, I will say, what was I going to say? No, I forgot what I was going to Oh, yeah. I was going to say, um, I gas. think 
this card is going to the major drawback of this card is it is going to un, like make it a target more oh, yeah. so than a propaganda effect propaganda effect just is like oh you can attack it's fine but you just have to pay extra for me and it's a good way to kind of go under the radar where people are like all right i don't want to pay it to i'll go somewhere else this one is like no you just you can't attack and i yeah. think that uh what's it called Men- mentally is going to aggravate people a little bit more and i think justifiably just because there's a lot of like very beneficial attack triggers and combat triggers these days like yep. if you're an equipment deck for example or if you're like ishin like imagine you're an ishin player and somebody drops the moat on the battlefield <laughs> like you're not having a good day you're not having a bad time no. you have to find some removal for it so you will draw more aggro than a propaganda but at the same time i think it's even more powerful than a propaganda because yeah, you're denying attack triggers. You're denying combat triggers. So, yeah, they they can't hit anybody, and that's great. You I can love it. The, this, this it can stop it. just combat for like a turn or two, which yeah. could be all the time you need. Right, two turns means that you know it's farewell time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so like I'm I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I will oh say gosh. compared to propaganda, I think one of the downsides is. <laughs> With propaganda, your opponents are often attacking each other, mm-hmm. so they're actually, like, making each other die. With this, no one can attack anyone unless you have creatures with flying, so you're just kind of, like, making the entire game slow down. Like, it's not progressing in any meaningful way. So but, I feel like propaganda is probably better as far as, like... Just because you want your opponents to be taking damage. I don't want to protect Phil and Krim from everyone's attacks. I just want to protect <laughs> myself. Like, please but, attack each other. <laughs> Magus the Moat, if you're playing that kind of card, I don't think I care if, you got, if you're all, like, hitting each other, right? Because if I'm, if I'm an aggro deck that cares about hitting you, that means I'm already playing Flyers or I've got a very elusive way of getting around this, right? So... Yeah. I don't think it matters at that point, right? So, like, it's a good effect. It is a super pillow for it. Uh, it is It is exactly what you want to do if you want to stall. I personally don't think it's a problem stalling, but that's as long as you can close eventually. <laughs> I personally don't run it that often outside of flying decks. I think it is, like, an all-star in flyers, though. Like, yeah. It's an all-star oof. in general. I, I think this card is just really strong. I just... Yeah. I... I'm usually afraid of the aggro it will get on me, but also sometimes I just want to troll the table. What aggro? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yeah, I know. Like, if, if you're just like, I am I want to be the problem, I put down the moat, and I just, like, laugh about it. Like, that's good times for me. I don't know. I like it. I'm turning into Krim. I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> Slowly of... Slowly morphing into Krim. My hair is turning blue. <laughs> I, told, like, oh, no. I already told you all, though. Tomer's, like, one bad day away from being a Chaos player. Yeah. And, and he's oh, not God. that far. God. Oh, no. I'm going to actually downgrade this. So D, don't play. I'll never become you. I'll never become you. Sure, Tomer. Right. <laughs> well... Double B S A. We can confidently put this as our very first A uh, of the Maguses. Got good job, Magus of the Moat. Oh, we're gonna move on to a card that uh, is also highly regarded amongst our, our group. Is it? Is it Phil now? I don't even know I think anymore. It's Phil. Yeah. I don't think I've heard Phil. It's Phil. While. Phil, tell us about your favorite card. Oh, is it uh, the the wait again? Is it the Magus of the Moon? Of the oh, moon, yes. Favorite. That's the only Modern A I All-Star. have. 
Yeah, that's one. Actually, the only Magus that sees play in any eternal format, right? It's uh, three mana, just like a Blood Moon. Non-basic lands are mountains. 2-2, two, two. human wizards. Rats. So beautiful. Very yeah. simple. Very fun. One line of text. <laughs> Four <laughs> words for the card text. Oh my god, so beautiful, so clean. Yeah, it is very brutal, and I played against it, and I was very host by it, but I <laughs> kind of thought it was funny. I don't know why. It feels like I I like Blood Moon more than, more than I... W then it makes sense. I just think it's funny if you get host by it. Um, <laughs> makes yeah, sense. Let me get the straight film. Blood Moon effect, fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Mode, mode yeah. is a not fun, right? <laughs> All right. Mode I, is a trench too far for Bill. Yeah. He will not swim across that moat, but he will summon a blood moon. I, I never played moat blood moon or magus of the moon. It, <laughs> the best pillow fort effect is the one where your opponent never gets to actually cast the spell, right? So <laughs> I, I see I, Phil. Okay. All right. I, I just love how, how trolling blood moon is. It, like, magus of the moat is like... It's not even trolling anymore. It just forbids you from having doing one important part of magic. And yeah, that's kind of true for Blood Moon as well. I don't know. Blood Moon is funny. I didn't realize Phil was such a, a Blood Moon fan. <laughs> I, I never play it, but I, I can't help but laugh if I get host by it. And you can still cast your mana rocks. Maybe... Yeah, you still cast your lightning bolts. Yeah, yeah. So play more. Play, so play, play oh, more colorless lightning bolts in your deck to get rid of the mode. Draw sorry, more colorless spells. Come Shouldn't on, Toma. Like not be bothered by it and just say, "Hey, play more basics." That's the answer. That's for true. <laughs> I think this card's hilarious. Toma is blood but, moon I mean, proof. I mean, my 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 five color decks are gonna still die to this, oh, like, yeah. but it's funny. It I is mean, like this, <laughs> this is the the fair version, though, right? We all gave it A's, like it's A's across yeah. the board. But compared to Blood Moon, I think it's the fair version. <laughs> like, if you want to try to Blood Moon people, but you you maybe want to be slightly less hated, I think <laughs> this is the card to play, just because it dies to creature removal. Like, it's easier to, for most decks to remove. So, I, mean, I don't know. The does A mean that we're all saying people should be playing this in most decks? Like, is that I mean, yeah? Why not? Is that what but, we're telling our audience? <laughs> yeah. Okay. In all seriousness, it's actually probably the least fair version, right? Because let's say that normally, right? You would you would have like force of uh, whatever the green one. You could blow up an enchantment uh, or an artifact. This, if your mana base is cut off, right? Like then, then it's like yeah. okay. Well, I could use my free spells to blow up enchantment artifact. <laughs> I don't have a free creature spell, probably. Uh, Besaju is like usually a like a reason why this is good in older formats, right? Because you mm -hmm. can use Besaju to get around, uh, like you know, just to like to blow up a Blood Moon, but you can't do that with a Magus of the Moon. So this is to get around Besaju. So I actually think this card <laughs> might be harder to remove. <laughs> Ooh, I I think this card just run more basics. How about that? I mean, there's that. That's that's how I teach you all to play more basics. But that's actually what people keep telling me. They're like, Tomer, you gotta hit them with the blood moons. Yeah. And I'm like, so, no. <laughs> Honestly, so I, I, I have a meta mad at you if you do this. That would be 
kind of funny. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I've That's... only done it in Werewolf Tribal, and people got upset at me for Ooh. that. I'm like, it's on. Is it, it was flavor. on flavor. Yeah, it was flavorful. <laughs> excuses. Tom Brady just wanted to, to be Tom Brady. mean that week and <laughs> yeah, use as an excuse. I remember really? that week. <laughs> really though. Is this card socially acceptable in Commander? Like, why not? Is there a difference between blowing up lands and just making all your lands not work? Like, does this does the community view it differently? I mean, like, would you be difference? comfortable just showing up with a deck like this to a Magic Fest or whatever? What What's the difference between like you know casting a like having a creature removed and one countered off the stack? Right, the illusion <laughs> that you got to do something. So at least you have the illusion of having lands. Yeah, I, no, it's, they're red. I don't know. I've I've had like I have two playgroups uh, back back at home, and one of them just had Blood Moon in, in I think two of his decks, and it was like it was fine. Uh, we, we gave him like playful ribs about it, but like it was fine. And then <laughs> like I played I played against another group recently in here in, in Paris, and he mind slavered me, and it was great. Ooh, interesting. I don't know. Like some of, these, <laughs> some of these like salty cards, I feel are more like internet problems as opposed to like real playgroup. In problems. person, it's mostly just funny, right? If somebody mind slaves yeah. you in person, I would just sit there <laughs> yeah. and laugh. That's it's... yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> and hmm. I was playing my my attraction deck, so they had to roll for attraction. I had to explain what really they, to, just, they punished themselves for having to play through all the attractions. <laughs> it was great. He rolled so... a six. My creatures had horsemanship, and uh, I think it was an extra attack step. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was like it was actually benefited me honestly. Um, yeah. Well, maybe like, I'll start playing Blood Moon. I've always avoided Blood Moon. It's like literally one of my favorite cards, but I was under the impression that it was just too mean to play in Commander. But if maybe that's not true, and I should be Blood Mooning people. I mean, <laughs> let, let us know if you I don't can want comment to get on upset, this. But like twenty-three episodes of Commander Clash where we just lose <laughs> the Blood Moon. Just <laughs> <laughs> play more basics for it. Come on, Ooh, easy game, easy game. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> quad A's. Let us know in the comments section what do you think um, about Magus of the Moon. If you would write it at your table, what would be the reaction? Uh, yeah, is it? Yeah, I, mean, I, I assume most people would say no. This is not. I, yeah. This is not cool. But don't don't, don't take our A's to mean you should jam in every deck and lose yeah, power. Same with the mold, by the way. Just you're <laughs> no, not going to make friends with this. You should play moat. No. You, you, you got a moat laying around, or are you, are you talking about yeah. Magus of the Moat? <laughs> Magus of the Moon dies to Ugin, so I don't know. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just run yeah. more Ugins. No, no, no. Ugin is Eugene is the truth. Eugene is the truth. <laughs> he's a, he's the, the 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 hero we needed, not the one we deserved. Um, all right, we'll move on uh, to a new green, newish green one. Uh, this is Magus of the Order. It's a four mana, two and double green, just like uh, the spell it's mimicking, which is natural order. Um, two and double green, uh, human wizard, three, three. You can pay green, tap it, and sacrifice Magus of the Order and another green creature to search your library for a green creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So natural order usually is used to sacrifice you know like a one one sapperling and then boom you tutor up uh crater hoof behemoth gg i win this one does kind of the same thing except you have to put it on the board and then you have to pay one more green 
and you have to tap it in case. <laughs> so um, it's a little bit, a little bit different. Uh, but uh, double C's, uh, C for me and Krim, and then B's from Seth and Phil. What do we all think about this one? Is this is this something you would play jam in like a crater hoof deck? Uh, I might have rated it too highly at B. Like, it just has such a flashing light of like, if I untap, you're gonna die next turn. Like attached to its head is just like it's telling you crater hoof would suspend one. So there's <laughs> like there's no way that anyone's gonna let this card live. Like I guess if it's powerful, getting the crater hoof is really strong. It's probably gonna win you the game, but it's so strong. I can't imagine that the table is going to let you or it live once you play this, unless you have a way to give it haste or something to use it right away. So I think it's good, but I almost think it's it's too obvious that it's going to win the game next turn for most decks to be able to get away with playing it. Like, I would think, oh, play it in Elves or whatever. Play it in the same decks you play Natural Order in. But does it actually work out in practice? Does anyone have any experience actually playing this card and having it work out? I had it in a holiday cube deck and it won me almost every game i had it because i had the crater hoof and i had elves um yeah this suffers from the biggest hey i win the game if you don't remove this problem i think but it's still i would rate it at a if it wasn't so telegraphed it's just such an insane i still can't believe that natural order is isn't banned (laughs) not that i want it banned but Considering the cards on the ban list, I would think that one of the commander, council, whatever, would just say, no, this is too easy. (laughs) Especially (laughs) since it's such an old card. So I I was, I didn't know the Magus of the Order existed. And I'm not sure if I can play it because, yeah, as Seth mentioned, the table is going to get super scared about it and probably (laughs) try to kill you. And also it might, yeah, they can just remove this. But usually if you do something like this, the aftermath of you being the villain just holds on a little longer than the card is on the battlefield so you might just die just for playing this but if you can pull it off man that's a crater hoof or progenitors whatever you want to toot up with it Mm. by those metrics though i think that means it should be graded higher yeah that's why i have it at b and i might almost put it at a like because Uh, we the table will die uh if you untap with this right like there's just it's not an if unless like it's that simple have an answer or die usually well okay what if you what if you just have like a magus and a creature on the battlefield yeah you're not gonna die you do need a board yeah you need to grab you you have to grab like a bane of progress which is also very good or what like uh i don't don't know you could just grab a coma or something if there's so many good cards you you can grab with this and like then this is, doesn't exile itself, so you can get it back. Ooh. Ooh the only problem is for me is like again, it's very telegraphed. Yeah. Where but I don't know, I still like I like the moats that I have to sit around. So. <laughs> but I mean, this one this one will this one will have the drawback of like in one v one, what your opponents are gonna hit you or they have removal up to a and that's it. And then they die. Yeah. Um this one is like the three other people at the table will be when he passes the turn. You'll be like, "All right, we can either try to kill him, or we can try the removal." Does anybody have removal? And three people pool their resources to remove it, or three people pool their resources to punch you in the face and kill you before you get to untap. Which, that sounds like a good time. 
<laughs> which at least the moat says stops option B, right? Like option B is like, ah, try attacking me, you fool. <laughs> moat <laughs> does something right away. Yeah. This, Another this win for the moat. <laughs> this just paints the target on your head. Although, it I don't know. Win Natural the game. order is busted. This, yeah. This game. I, I'm bumping up to a B just because of how efficient that is. If, if it becomes an... I untap, and I True. will probably do something pretty darn good, or it gets removed. Yeah. It's that simple. Like, you force them on the spot. It's not a game of, like, you yeah. know, who's bluffing. They, they they have to. You do need a green creature, but I, I'll bump it up to B2, because, like, it's, we're comparing that to like Magus of the Cuffers. is like, if I untap with this, I'll make lots of mana, but that doesn't win you the game by itself. It's just, you have right. lots of mana. Now you can spend it on something big and scary. This one is like, if if you let me untap and I have another green creature, I am going to make you seriously consider tapping out <laughs> or dying. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a B. I think that's solid. That's a pretty Maybe. solid B, yeah. I literally have never seen this card played in Commander, though. Yes. Yeah, I wonder I wonder why no one plays it. Do people, people play Natural Order? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know I've seen people play Natural Order. Natural Order is ridiculous, but... Yeah, Natural yeah, Order feels just don't know unfair, about though. Maybe. Yeah. Well, next time I play <laughs> elves or some sort of crater hoof deck, yeah. I'll throw it in and see because it seems like it seems strong enough to be worth it to me. Yeah, yeah you need to have like the land or elves, or you need to have green tokens or something, something yeah. that you can easily reliably sacrifice to it. But <laughs> basically, you got to be a natural order deck. If you're playing a deck that would be playing natural order, maybe it's worth throwing this in as a second copy because natural order is probably going to be one of the strongest cards in your deck if you're a natural order mm -hmm. deck. I think so. All right. I guess I guess I got talked up to, to running Magus of the Order. Who would have thought? <laughs> See, some of these Maguses are... Yeah, we're, we're learning. We're learning things. As we They're learning. Along. All right. Magus of the Order. Quad, quad Bs. The easiest B in the podcast. Boom. All right. We're going to move on. We have three left. And this one... Uh, Seth. What is what, this one? What is it? I'm actually wondering that myself because I think Magus our sheets are in different order. Um, Magus of the Vineyard. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, let me real quick do that. Okay. Uh, Magus of the. I just bumped it down. Uh, by the way, no me one too. Me see too. That. <laughs> so oh. Magus of the Vineyard. Uh, Magus of the Vineyard is a one mana green Magus. It's a one one human Oops, wizard. Sorry, my finger slipped. Says at the beginning of each player's pre-combat main phase, add two green mana to that player's mana pool. So this is a reference to, I don't even know. What is this a reference to? Ella Domri's Vineyard, I think. Ella Domri's Vineyard. Okay, so I think it's an enchantment don't version quote of me this on effect. That. So this, oh, it is. This, yes, it is. This card, it was played not that long ago on Commander Clash, I believe by Phil. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> that Phil got super wrecked by the mana that everyone else got to make <laughs> from playing this card. And it like horribly backfired. <laughs> so maybe my take on this card, uh, which is currently a C, uh, along with Phil and uh, Tomer bumped it all the way down to D, Crimson to B. Maybe it's a little recency bias and that one game of it going really horribly uh, is tainting my view of this card. But mm. I think this is essentially group hug only. The fact that it's giving everyone the mana and even more problematically, you're going to be the last person to benefit from it because you play it during your main phase and this triggers at the start of your pre-combat main phase. So you're going to start making mana your next turn cycle when everyone else is going to make a total of six mana altogether before it gets back around to you. I think unless you really want to be doing the group hug thing, 
you just can't you straight up can't play it so group hug all-star or at least playable otherwise stone cold unplayable in my opinion I, I mean, am I? Th- that's weird. I'm the only one that has it rated. <laughs> where it where do you think is secretly Greg? a green player? Your... That's why he's he he. <clears throat> let, 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 let's see which ones he's giving S's to. He gave it. Oh wait, he didn't. Get, it was most a white card. Come on, calm down, calm down. Look, calm I'm down. sick. Where, right? I'm still where would you play it, Grim? I'm curious. I mean, this is I've seen this played, uh, and it's been pretty solid every time. Yeah, um, group hug. It's pretty solid there. Uh, okay. Mono green, like ra- a ramp deck, right? Like ramp decks don't like hate this at all because usually whatever they're ramping out, it's going to be probably a little bit better than whatever you're doing. So uh, like I thoroughly have seen this be just take over the games uh, to the where like it needs to it, it's like not offensive enough to where people don't think that it should be removed. Right. So they let it sit around. And then usually that's when Eldrazi and Spaghetti Monsters start happening. And then like I, I don't I don't want that. So. I've seen this just kind of go off in just uh, group friends decks, so I, I was like, you know, it's kind of good. It's kind of good. Or group friends, group hug, and ramp decks. My my okay, so ramp on the ramp deck thing. You're green. Do you really need to play a card that's giving your opponent six mana a turn and you two mana a turn? Can't you just play a green card that gives you two mana a turn and doesn't you give your opponents that mana? So why but, would you want to give the rest of the table that much mana each turn? I'm so can I get the group hug thing, but the ramp deck thing just blows my mind. Why you would want to play a, this? This is a super mana dork. Ugh. For your opponents, Grim just yeah, wants yeah. other people to play Lanor elves all around, <laughs> but like it's good. Yeah, obviously your opponents get it too. But like, holy cow! But, like sometimes you, it, it is still double green, so they're not like cheating out like like a cryptic command or something like that, and or or, or whatever. Like they are getting a ramp on it, but like I don't know. It seems gross. fine. I actually counter offer gross. <laughs> I thought about playing it in Lornis because it. I guess you could. You can always spend mana there. Um, it it it's not good <laughs> if you play it on turn one. It's, yeah. it's what deck gonna did backfire you play so on. I don't know. What I remember playing oh. it somewhere, and I think it was removed before I could do something with it. Like everybody had a crazy oh. turn, and then uh, <laughs> and I, then yeah, I don't know it was that something actually like that. was what happened. But I I, I remember that it was. Even worse than I expected. They, Ed, if you can flash it, no, not even if you can flash. Don't play this it, unless uh, actually, it, if you're my opponent, please play this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, I mean, I'm. Do. <laughs> it has a lot of power attached to it, on, and that includes what your opponents can do to you. Yeah. So you just kind of have to gauge the situation. Obviously, if I'm like, oh, I have nothing to do with this, I'm not just going to give this to you for free, right? Like, like you, you got to play it at the right slots. But like legitimately, when when you find the slot to play it and and, get, and like pull the trigger on it, it it it's pretty okay. I'm not saying it's like again like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It's just okay. Like, like sometimes, easy. if you can give something to your opponent, you can make it political. Say like, oh, I give you this, and then I get this. But with this, it's like, yeah, I played this. Now you get the benefit for free. Do whatever yeah, you want. Nice. <laughs> Everybody gets it. Uh, yeah, and if every- you're like oh. if you're like dedicated group, I hate group hug. So like that's <laughs> like good for you if you if you like group hug, then this is a very efficient way of giving your opponents more mana. But like if you're thinking of four player pod, your opponents are netting total amongst themselves six, two each, six mana, and you're netting two out of this. 
And you're getting that mana before everybody else who are like behind in tempo. Or after everybody else who are behind in tempo. So you play this on turn one. Your opponents will either play a three drop or a four drop. Either is terrible for you. And then you get to play on your turn two. A, you know, a four drop or something like that. It, ugh, ugh, no. Pass. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> So I, mean, I, I really should have given it to be honestly. would be the one most in love with the green. I'm not in, I'm I'm so not in love with it. It's, it's, just, it's just okay. Like you know, like oh, it's pretty solid in some decks, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't love no. the card. A B, double C, and a D. We're gonna throw this into the C range with uh, a C plus. So in the top part of the C. Yeah, actually, I I, I bump it down to D. Now that I, I it's such <laughs> it's so much impact <laughs> for such low mana cost, but it's just not. Don't. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just it's unfortunate high that most of the impact is for your opponents. Yeah, it's, yeah. Your opponents. <laughs> it's great. It's, it does a lot. It uh, really helps your opponents win much quicker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two more. Oh, this one. This one is my baby. Um, who is it on? It is Krim, uh, I believe. Krim. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Magus of the Wheel. Two in a oh, red. this is your baby, too. Human Wizard. A 3-3. Three, three, pay two. Sack it. Each player discards their hand, then draws seven cards. Good old Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, I I, I got the... Uh, so Phil has this at a B. Seth's got an A. I've got an S. And Tomer's got an A. If, if Magus of the Moat isn't the best Magus... Then, then Magus of the Wheel has to be the the best because like Magus of the Moat is like 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 come on come on now like let's 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 be let's be real here this card is dang good Seth you know you love this card I and do love I, this card I, I genuinely think this even has a broader like a this can go into even more decks right because who doesn't just want a wheel I play this in humans I play this in a like you know a wheel deck a control deck you know any anything at all this is nice right in a chaos deck it goes in everything. Because who doesn't want a Wheel of Fortune? I never if, if you played can't... a wheel so far, and I, I will. I don't know you have to why. Try it, Phil, it's awesome. I it's yeah, I like to have other people play it, but I, <laughs> I haven't played it so far. Maybe I should. That's why it's I gave it great. a B. Oh, wait, I'm I, sure. I agree it's, with Krim. By the way, this is my top two as well. Ooh, yeah. Alongside Mag- Magus of the Moat. The Moat. I mean, this is yes. Really? Magus of the Moat oh. is the truth. I don't know why y'all I mean, are memeing on that card. I mean, it's the truth. Try attacking me, bro. <laughs> I agree with you on this being maybe the number one overall Magus, in my opinion. Magus of the Moat, we already talked about that. I think this is the best budget wheel, right? Like, uh, Wheel of Fortune the pro- is the best version. The problem is it costs hundreds of dollars, so most people can't play it or they got to proxy it. If you go to budget friendly wheels, it's really this and Wheel of Misfortune that stand out to or, uh, stand out to me as being the the best yeah the best wheels in red. Uh, so I think even though it's a little expensive compared to actual Wheel of Fortune, it's a three three for three. The stats are fine. A lot of times people don't mind a wheel depending on the the game state. So not everyone is going to be incentivized to kill it before you get to untap with it. It's easy to give it haste in red if that's something you want to do. Red is one of the best colors for giving things haste, so you can use it right away without waiting. It's just a really good card. Probably the best Megas overall, I would say. My hot take is this is better than Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> wow. 
that's a <laughs> Wait, explain, explain, <laughs> explain. This is the this. only Magus that I'd be like, this one is actually better than the OG. Wait, are you counting and, price? Like, are you docking wheel because of its no, cost? No. Okay. I, I don't run Wheel of Fortune, even if. Even why is this? Why is this better though? So the main reason why is I actually don't love wheels in most decks because I, it's this candle. It's it's what's what, what's it called the can, the vineyard. It's the vineyard problem where yeah you get you got seven new cards. Your opponents get seven new cards too though, and there's three of them and one of you. So they're netting more resources and you're you're netting them more resources. This is doing the same thing. However, it has multiple advantages the most notable one though is that you can activate this at instant speed so unlike wheel of fortune and windfall and all the all the derivatives they're all sorcery speed this one you can actually wait until the end step before your turn and wheel it and at the very least in that regard you get access to the cards before your opponents do, or you can do it in response to your opponents drawing a billion cards or doing something or disrupting a combo and stuff like that. The fact that you can do it at instant speed is really, really good to me. And the other thing that I really like about it is the fact that it's a three-drop creature. So uh, it's easily, like if you're in Rakdos, it's easily recurrable. It's a sacrifice effect, so it could work well in Aristocrats and stuff like that. Uh, if you have, if you're in white, you have Sun Titan, Savin's Reclamation. There's a lot more ways to recur it, uh, or recur a three drop creature, I think, than there are ways, uh, of getting a sorcery. Um, so I like it, I like it there as well. And I personally read it in my Perforos deck because I, I'm super, card hungry in that deck i want all the wheels because i'm just dumping out my hand and then recasting everything and magus of the wheels are my favorites because i can again activate at instant speed and, and refill before my turn and then go bam just re re-unload on everything these are some good points yeah yeah that, the instant speed part's a good point i still <laughs> i don't know if you sold me on it being better than literal wheel of fortune but it does have some upsides yeah you were definitely right about that Maybe I should. It's also, again, the least offensive of of this, right? Like, I mean, and and power, you obviously. An S, though. Yeah, it's the least offensive. It like yeah. on the when it sits on the board, like people kind of like it, and it doesn't just outright yeah. suck, of course, right? Like it's it's <laughs> it's good at what it does, and it just isn't offensive enough to where someone has to remove it. Some people like will keep like fight for it. Uh, so yeah. There's no it more is. hull breachers, so what? What's the worst oh. that can happen? Narsa, <laughs> Narsa, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a little sad off the top. Like one of the ways I probably played wheels the most, and I don't play wheels as much as I used to because we've gotten more card advantage options in red. But it's kind of like dump your hand and then wheel to refuel, and you're hoping to break the symmetry a little bit because theoretically your opponents didn't dump their hands, so you're drawing you know six new cards and your opponents are only drawing one or two new cards uh, in one of the ways you want to be able to play a wheel in that scenario is just like top deck it when you have like one card in hand and get a new hand that you can use right away the one downside i would say of magus of the the wheel is you can't really do that like you do have that suspend one aspect that's what i think keeps it a little bit behind the actual wheel and for me it's kind of in the the wheel of misfortune tier is like the next wheel up behind actual wheel of fortune but i still think it's a very it's a very powerful effect and as you mentioned there are a bunch of upsides being a creature being able to activate it in some speed and uh tribal synergies and whatnot so should probably play this even more i guess 
Although, this might be a whole podcast of its own, but are wheels even good anymore unless you're playing a wheel deck? I feel like in the last few years, I went from being super high on wheels to almost not playing wheels at all in like three years' time. I think, yeah, that that would be an interesting debate. I, I'm pretty low on wheels these days, but I, I will run into my peripherals deck. And wheel decks, obviously. Wheel decks are very yeah. good. Like, if you can if you can consistently dump your hand way faster than the rest of the table for whatever reason, then it's, like, really good. But otherwise, giving your opponents 21 cards and you just seven <laughs> is not a great rate, I think. But that's, that's that, that'd be an interesting topic on, on wheels. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll do that in the future. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Magus of the Wheel. So the great debate has been settled on the wheel. Uh, two A's, one B, one S. We're putting that in the A slot, baby. Boom. Yes. That's another A right there. The Maguses, they're, they're, getting, they're getting the points in. I'm going to let y'all know, order. before <laughs> the end of, for the last Magus... Y'all got to pick at least a best Vegas, right? Because nobody yeah. voted for the best Vegas. I'm the only one that has S's. I mean, S's. none of these. Wait, were we supposed to pick an S? Did I miss something? I mean, that I, we needed I mean have there's an S? a ranking for the best Vegas. Yeah, and it S. says the best Vegas. Oh, I see. I totally missed. I totally missed that. Well, <laughs> I, I, if we're giving our number one overall Vegas an S, despite our old criteria, it would it would be Magus of the wheel. I think that's that would be my number Wait, one overall. Did I change with the end? The best. Oh, I did. Oops. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Fine. I'm putting this in S two. Yeah. Wow. I think Magus wow. of the wow. wheel. Wow. I mean, but we do have S. one more to go. Right? Crim is the guy that reads. Hold on. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what world are we living in? Crim loves green cards and reads the instructions. <laughs> All right. Magus of the wheel. I believe that's an S. If it's, if it's three S's and a B. That's like an S? Nah. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with one of them. They're not filled in. The Excel sheet uh, is failing us. But we're going to the last one. Phil, take it away. What is the final Magus? Uh, that would be Magus of the Will. Three mana, three, three. And it's a human wizard. Who would have guessed? Three mana and tap it. Exile Magus of the Will. Until end of turn, you may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard if a card would be put into a graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. So just like Yawkmoth's will, pretty good card. Um, do do we play this? I, I think I've given it a B probably, thinking about the card. Let me let me we see the rating. I think okay. we all give it a B, yeah. So Yawk's will is actually insane, but... It's kind of insane in vintage where you can cast black lotuses and stuff. I don't, I don't know. It obviously don't this think needs a graveyard. Yeah, it needs a graveyard right. and it, it needs does. insane amounts of mana in commander. Like in the formats where you see Yark will go off, there's so much storm and free stuff going on. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I would play. It feels ah. like. Two clunky. It's also six mana and an untap step for Yarkwell. That is, nah, I, nah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think this card's pretty decent, dude. It, it is, it is fine. I think you, you'll it, activate it at some point and get some value out of it, but not the some value. Hold on, I, mm. I don't know, man. This, like, I mean, I, I think this is like maybe the pay, order, right? Like, wait, I, I can't pay, let you untap with this. But you have to pay three mana 
And then you need to pay that then you need to play something impactful from you give it. If you play three mana and then play a brainstorm and a cultivate from your graveyard, I wouldn't be scared about this. And if you play pay three mana and ten mana to get an Ulamog and then something something, if you spend twenty mana, yeah, sure, you can play Willinous Wealth for twenty mana and it will also be insane. So I don't know. It doesn't scale as well as it does in the formats where we usually see Yakwell. In CEDH, you just play the original well, I suppose. So I don't know. It seems a bit clunky. And three mana to cast it, three mana to activate. If it would be free to activate, then I'd say yes, please. But would you would you let me untap with this? Would you let me if I played sure. this? Would you let me untap with this? If you. If you can color spend black. 20 mana next turn to cast your graveyard, <laughs> I'd be scared of you anyways if you have 20 mana next turn. I, sure, it's good then. But I think it's like, yeah, you, you worked for that. If you pay three and then play th- pay three to activate it, go go have some fun. Go get some value. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's a Yogg's Will with Suspend, right? You still got to pay the three and got to keep the thing. Yeah, I get that. But like, if if I get to if I get to cast this... I think you can probably win. This I mean, has to be killed, right? It probably depends on your deck. Like, I, I guess it depends. Like, if you're playing Storm or something, then this is, like, must kill. You Like, there's sure. no way you can let it survive. If you're just playing a generic black deck, though, like, I don't know. Like, the reason I'm skeptical and actually bump this down to a C from a B is the more I think about it, I don't see Yogwill in Commander. And Yogwill is just, like... Expensive. Strictly better in so it's many so ways. Expensive. But like, we don't play on Commander Clash where it's free. Like, there's no budget concerns, and it's not like I ever see any of us going off without Commander Clash. So the fact that like, I, I don't want to. I don't know. Like, if we're not making Yogg will be good, why? <laughs> I, I'm is not the, joking. This I don't want to click. <laughs> I would legit run Yogg will in most black decks, but I usually bring budget decks, and the the card is like, well, it's on the reserve. It's like two hundred dollars. If you I thought it'd be more than that. Do you run this one then, Tomer, to, as a as a replacement, or is it so powered no. down that you don't run this one? So I, I always like debate whether or not I want to put in my Tashiro deck because there's like a lot of instant sorceries or or even lands. Like if somebody blows up my Kawak offers, it seems good. Like black can't really get back uh, a lot of permanents. They can get back creatures very easily, but they can't get back enchant- enchantments, planeswalkers, yeah. uh, instant sorceries Spell. sometimes. But like it's very very rare. So, like, this is just a catch-all, like, you, you crack it, you're going to for sure get a fetch land back or your Cabal Coffers or whatever land in your graveyard, and then you get to cast a couple spells, but, like, you need a lot of mana. Like, that's, like, the Storm Conundrum, right? Like, so why does Storm work? It's because you have, like, Lotuses, and you have Dark Rituals, and you have all these things, and you want to cast them multiple times. I, I think this is, like, a this like if this was just free to activate, I would 100%, like, Oh my god! Oh my god! But it's scary too. Like that's the problem. Is this is like like Krim said is like, will you let me on top of it? I think it's scary, and for a lot of decks, you won't be able to get that that value out of it as much as you would hope. I think the it has the coolest like- art from all the magasis. Like it looks super gritty, kind of anime vibey. It looks pretty cool. I think that. If that's a reason you want to play it. It's also probably pretty fun. I think if you play it on turn three yeah. and you're not getting pressured. 
unless somebody at the table thinks the same as Cringer's thought, like, oh, this guy's gonna win next turn, now we gotta kill him, because you're probably not as scary as Crim thinks. <laughs> Especially since they Yo. can see your graveyard, right? They can see what you yeah, do yeah. unless like you the, cast the, the a bunch of things is, and then you activate it. This is a card that's gonna sit on the board, it's gonna draw the graveyard hate right then and there, or sure. the removal, or I untap with it. And sure, do that. you're talking about in the in the color that has coffers. Right, like like coffers yeah, itself. Sure. So getting okay. a ton of mana isn't hard in mono. We've seen this tons of times. Crypt gas. You mean Magus uh, of the things coffer. like that. Magus of the coffer. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> me finding a way to get a ton of mana isn't the hardest thing in mono black. Sure, that's actually a good that's point. True. If you double your mana multiple times and have a full graveyard mean? and have the Magus <laughs> and it's you can tap it. Have fun. You need the yeah. You need the mana, and you need the like spells that you want to recast, or in your graveyard, in your hand, or in your graveyard. It's just a like bigger ass than like like Magus of the Order, where it's just like you just need the order, and you need a creature, and that's it. <coughs> I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if it should be considered more just for the flexibility, just like. Yes, if you're trying to storm, that's sweet, but I don't know. Look at Underworld Breach or Eternal Witness, these cards in other colors that just like get a thing back from the graveyard and have the upside of like, oh, in the right situation, I can kind of go off with it. If I got a ton of mana, maybe it deserves to be considered more because of that. Although I really think it's awkward that it's three to activate. If you look at other similar ones, like uh, the the Mind's Desire one, Megas of the Mind, yeah, it's yeah, six up front, but it's only one to activate or even Megas of the Wheel. It's only two to activate. So you get this like little benefit if you do manage to untap with it. With Magus of the Will, you don't get any benefit at all. It's still like, it's like you're paying for Yogg Will twice, essentially. And you have to avoid the downside of it, like needing to survive and that being summoning six. So I might try to run it a little more often and just see if it's worth it as like a bad black eternal witness. Um, just just to test it out. But I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm I'm a little skeptical that it's that, it's that I think strong. The most common case is you get a land and you get to cast one or two spells and that's already kind of good but yeah and then you get the upside that oh maybe i got multiple mana devilers in a big graveyard and i just happen to like have this huge turn so i mm -hmm. mean in the in the mid game getting back a land and a couple of spells isn't bad that's like probably worth i think in the late game if you draw this it is it is a very very good card in the mid game it's a very it's also a good card early game okay whatever <laughs> yeah yeah, maybe. All right, I'm going to test out Magus a little played, more. Actually, yeah, you can. I'm, I'm going to test it out too. Next time I play a black deck, just jam it in there and just see what happens. But for now, I'm going to stick it to C. I think. All right. Well, a C and triple B means we can easily put the Magus of the Will in the B category overall, and that is going to wrap up. Wait, wait. All what we what, have what, to what, see what? what Phil chooses for his best Magus because we don't know oh, okay. what Phil chooses. <laughs> So I you gotta pick one. If I'm gonna one. pick one, I guess Magus. it's Magus of the Order, <laughs> even though I rated it at B, just because I'm gonna get killed for it. But I play so many cards that get me killed. I guess Magus, <laughs> it's, it's the Magus of the <laughs> Magus of the Order is my favorite Magus. Still not, <laughs> let's say the best Magus. Giving it an S though, I don't know. It is pretty scary. What about the moon. I'm not gonna play this. It's <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it just deserves an A, but. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> play Blood Moon or Magus of the Moon. 
just like mode, humility, all these cards that are like, if I'm not re- doing it for like in private, maybe not for content, we got somebody's got to play magic. <laughs> Somebody does play magic. You can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't be sure. dirty plays in public. You have to keep that <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the wraps in the privacy of your own home. Those <laughs> moats. All right. All right. Okay, so we all picked our S's. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's our tier list, everybody. Uh, we covered 21 Maguses. Hopefully, Wizards of the Coast prints more of these in the future. Uh, if you want a Magus, a certain one, as a callback to a, a non-creature card, let us know which, what cool Maguses yeah. uh, they should be printing in Magus the future. Magus of the Thievery, I feel like please. The, oh Magus of the Counterbalance. <laughs> Magus oh of the Protection. Megas of the Panharmonicon, but they did that, and oh, it was hey. Elish Norn, yep. and now apparently it's getting banned. Thanks, Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> Is it getting banned? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a full other podcast topic for us, anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. As always, like and subscribe if you like this sort of stuff. We'll be back next week with who knows what. Uh, we have some ideas already on, on, the, on the bucket list. Um, and yeah, that's it. Hope you all enjoyed, and until next time, friends. Yeah.